let's welcome in our first guest of the day, Ian Mendez from The Athletic. Uh, good morning, Ian. You're with Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele. Welcome to Sports 1440. Yeah, good morning, Kevin and Eddie. How are you guys? Doing great out here, uh, and it's tough to keep up with all the stuff you're doing out there. I just uh, saw your recent uh, article with, uh, you know, going back to Pierre Dorian and, and Steve Steos with the trade uh, deadline coming up. Uh, before we get to that, Ian, just just your thoughts on how Steve Steos, the former Oilers, when he's taken over there and what he's kind of done, and it almost feels like he's just sat back for the last little little bit to see exactly what, direction he wants to see this uh, franchise go. Uh, what's your take on uh, the early goings, I guess, of Steve Stales? Yeah, that's, you know what, that's a really accurate description. He's been patient. He's been really uh, deliberate, I think, in his, in his actions, in his words. Uh, you know, Steve, as you, uh, you know, people in Edmonton obviously know Steve from his time there as a player and then uh, kind of working under Kenny Holland there. And, you know, I, I think what you saw in Edmonton and, and what you saw out of Steve as a player is kind of the same thing as, uh, as him as a general manager, right? Like, he, like if you think back to Steve Stales, the player, he wasn't the kind of riverboat gambling defenseman, right? He was the steady kind of try to stay at home and, 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 and he got carved out a, just a terrific thousand game career in the NHL. And a lot of those attributes that I think he had as a player we're, we're now seeing as, as a general manager. So, uh, this is his first, obviously his first trade deadline as general manager, and it's also the first, I think, real pressure point for him as general manager. Look, he only took over the job uh, really uh, about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, officially as the full-time general manager, and and now we'll see. Like he's got a week to go uh, before the trade deadline, and we'll see. He's got a couple of chips to play, and and we'll see how aggressive is he going to be, or is he going to be kind of a little bit more laid back, wait and see, and, and we'll do some things in the summer. Ian, that's uh, pretty interesting just how you relayed the message that I continuously see online uh, with Steos about being patient and focused, and he has a plan, and that's what people continuously are talking about. Uh, with this team, where do you think it has really just fallen off the rails? Because there was high hopes. Of course, there was a few different um, situations that happened uh, new coach throughout the season, uh, coach fired, uh, the suspension. Uh, but where did it fall off the rails? Because there was high hopes. And if, statistically, if you look at this club, they have three guys with 50-plus points who are producing. So what's the issue? Yeah, goal scoring is not the problem. Uh, as you, you point out, you know, Timmy Stutzler, even though it's a down year for him, he's still kind of trending towards a you know 75 to 80 five-point season. Uh, Brady Kachuk is going to flirt with 40 goals, and Claude Giroux has still found the fountain of youth. So all that, you know, putting the puck in the net isn't the problem. It's keeping it out. And and, uh, the goaltending, if you you were to boil it down to one simple thing right now, uh, you would say it's goaltending. Because I think back in December – there's a lot of feeling of, ah, you know what, like this team would be so much better with better structure. And so they changed out the head coach and they brought in Jacques Martin. And I think that at, in sports they've been better, but they still get sort of submarine by below average goaltending. And so I look at this team and that, like if you're asking me what's the one thing that Steve Steos needs to address, it's his goaltending. But the problem is, like you got Jonas Corpusalo on a five-year deal that you signed last summer. And it's very much like there's a, probably a great parallel with Jack Campbell uh, in, in that, you know, you think about yeah. Jack when he came into Edmonton, it was a five-year deal, brand new team. And it just, the traction was never there. 
And, you know, you hope Corpus Allo, if you're an Ottawa fan, it's not Jack Campbell 2.0, but it's hard not to see the parallels where you're like, I, I don't know what we do with this guy, but um, we'll see. We'll see what Steve Stales does, but he's got his goalies are under contract he, through next season, even Anton Forsberg at, at 2.75 million. So he, he's going to have to be creative if, if, if his plan is to address the goaltending. Ian Mendez with us uh, from The Athletic. Kevin Carey's Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. Uh, sticking with the goaltending and just kind of a, a, a question that pertains uh, to us out here in the West. Mad Sogard was so good for the Medicine Hat Tigers for so many years. Uh, why do you think he hasn't been able to just find that traction uh, at the AHL or NHL level yet? Well, he, you know, he's playing a lot better in the AHL this year, and I think they still think highly of him mm-hmm. uh, for, for the, the, you know, your listeners that, that maybe followed him in, in junior hockey. Like, he is a very big, very mm-hmm. athletic goaltender, and, you know, somebody of that size, six foot, I think he's mad, is basically six foot seven. Yeah. Like, like he, he's a big guy, and, and he is one of the more likable, down-to-earth goalies that I've ever dealt with. A lot, a lot of goalies are wired differently. Mads is super laid-back. He's very articulate, thoughtful, loves chatting with the media on the record, off the record. Um, you know, the problem for Mads, and I think, guys, I don't have these numbers in front of me, I think he's played, and it's rather remarkable, I think he's played about 25 games in the NHL. And yep. the problem for him is he's played 25 games in the NHL with a kind of a, a porous defense in front of him, a system that wasn't great. So if you look at Matt Sogard's numbers, you're like, whoa, this guy's, you know, with his eight, whatever, 78 save percentage and what, you know, whatever his numbers are, you'd be like, well, he's not, he's not NHL caliber. But then you start to realize, well, wait a minute, Jonas Corpus Allo in Ottawa hasn't been very good. And Mm -hmm. they brought Cam Talbot in and he wasn't very good. And, you know, on and on it goes, Matt Murray and, uh, you know, go down the list. Philip Gustafson wasn't good here, and he's he's been pretty good in Minnesota. Uh, uh, Joey Decord was here, and like anyway, all this to say is I'm not sure how much I would put on Mads as a goalie so much as I'd like to see them all these goalies play. Uh, with with a little bit of a better system, and then and then maybe we can make a more accurate assessment mm-hmm. about their goaltending ability. Yeah. Hey, Ian, I want to take it back to uh, just the plan and the team. And you're, you got your boots on the ground. You cover this team. You see them in person every game. I, from a, uh, the standpoint out west here in Edmonton, maybe I don't know if I'm wrong or if I should take my football goggles off, but <laughs> I, I think they have a pretty good core. Can they win with this core? Because it's been uh, the same core for a few years now, and it's been like bottom feeders for a few years. Can they actually realistically win with this core? So this is where we're getting where, – where, and I'll try to relate this back to your listeners. Uh, if you think back to that Edmonton team, go back to the you know, 2011, 12, 13 Oilers, mm-hmm. where you're like, wow, we got Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle and RNH and, you know – on and on it goes. You're like, wow, at some point this is going to work out, right? This is a good core. We locked them up. And then all of a sudden, you're like, <clears throat> excuse me, you're like, hmm, yeah. I don't know if, if we're ever going to get it done with this group. And Ottawa's at the point where, I mean, you don't want to become Buffalo 2.0, right? Like the Sabres are uh, a super good cautionary tale of uh, it's now, like we're, we're closing mm-hmm. in on 13 years of the Buffalo Sabres missing the playoffs. And you would have been convinced coming into this year that ah, the Sabres are on the right track, right? Tage Thompson's a 40-goal guy and, and all these great young players and, and, and Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. And they, they've got everything. It's all there. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. And 
this is the this is the issue for Ottawa. I agree with you. This is a good young core, but at some point, somebody needs to make the tough decision to say we can't run it back with the exact same group because now, guys, they're about to miss the playoffs for a seventh straight year. Wow. And you start to look at teams in the salary cap era, like there isn't very many teams. Florida had a run there where they missed the playoffs a bunch of years. And they had a pretty good core with Ole Jokinen and Stephen Weiss and, uh, you know, Nate Horton and, uh, you know, but at some point, and just like that Oilers team of the, the early 2010s, at some point you're like, okay, this isn't going to work. And, and I don't know that we've reached that point in Ottawa, but when you miss the playoffs seven years in a row, uh, I think you, you have to start demanding better results. The Athletics, Ian Mendez with us uh, on Sports 1440. Uh, you know, Ian, and uh, I misspoke about Sogard. His numbers are pretty good in the AHL, but I think it's important, and you bring in a guy like Dave Poulin who has guys from uh, eyes from outside the organization, so he gets to see this from a different perspective, even though you can say the same about uh, Steve Stale. So what do you think that they do moving forward here in the next eight, nine days, in particular a guy like... Uh, Jacob Chikrin, who everyone wants, but he says he wants to stay there. I believe he told you that a good month ago. Is that correct? Yeah. So here's the thing on Jacob. And, uh, you know, he was really disappointed. There was a couple of kind of suggestions that he didn't like it in Ottawa, that he was looking to get out. And so, like, I I tracked him down and and got some time with him, yeah, about a month ago. And he was like, listen, this stuff is ridiculous. I love it in Ottawa. My grandpa lives five minutes from me. My sister lives 10 minutes from me. Like, I get to see them all the time. I grew up kind of in this area. We have a cottage in the family cottage here. I love Ottawa. Like, so please don't make people think that I don't like it here. Mm -hmm. Now, that's his side of the equation. The senator's side of the equation is, okay, like I just said, this is a group that, that might need a change. And you have to start looking at the pieces that might fetch you the biggest return. And, you know, Jacob Chikrin, like you said, is somebody that I think a lot of teams would covet for, for two reasons. One, he provides a pretty good offensive upside on your blue line. Uh, he, can, he can certainly, if not quarterback or power play, be a darn good number two option. And, and he comes at a $4.6 million cap hit for the rest of this season and next year. And that's a pretty good, that's pretty good value for, for, for somebody uh, of his look. So if you're Steve Stales and you're like, okay, well, now we're starting to, to look at things and we need to make a change, you need to start looking at the pieces that can actually get you stuff back because there's a lot of guys here who might be locked up to longer-term deals that you're going to have to do some salary cap gymnastics to get them out the door, where, whereas I don't think you're going to have to retain salary too much on Chikrin. You're not going to have to, you know, you're probably going to get some good assets back. So I think that's where that comes from. But the question is, is the best time to trade somebody like a Jacob Chikrin at the deadline, uh, you know, a week from today, when there's maybe fewer teams in the running for him mm-hmm. and uh, there's a little bit more pressure on you've got to get this done by uh, 3 Eastern time on Friday? Or do you sit back and say, okay, let's just, everybody just take a big, deep breath. We know we're not missing, uh, we're not making the playoffs this year. So everybody just exhale. Let's circle back in June when maybe 15 teams are, are interested in Jacob Chikrin and they have the cap space and they have the flexibility and the assets to do it. Maybe that's when you do it. Um, but they got to figure something out. They got, they got Jake Sanderson and Thomas Shabbat, our left shot defenseman, just like Jacob Chikrin. So are you going to pay three guys, you know, in excess of, you know, in the case of Sanderson and Shabbat, $8 million yeah. and then add Chikrin and his extension? Doesn't seem like it's going to fit. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, Ian, real quick here, uh, before we wrap up, what do you think uh, is going to happen with Jacques Martin at, uh, behind the bench? Is he the answer or obviously not moving forward? No, and so Jacques basically, uh, you know, uh, Steve Stales was on uh, the uh, Ryan Rashog and, uh, and Pierre Lebrun's podcast, the uh, Got Your Back podcast this week, and Steve basically told Pierre, hey, Jacques is going to help us find our next head coach. And Jacques kind of confirmed it uh, yesterday. Hey, the plan isn't for me to come back and coach next year. It was always just come in, be an interim guy, kind of try to steady the waters. So my, my guess is they will look for a head coach in the off season, you're going to hear uh, Craig Berube's name is going to be a name that comes uh, to mind. Uh, John Gruden, who's the AHL coach of the Toronto Marlies, seems to be a name. And then you never know, like what happens? What if Tampa misses the playoffs and John Cooper's available? What if uh, Pittsburgh's like, ah, we missed it. Time to change out the coach. And Mike Sullivan's available. Like you don't know who's going to be on that carousel in April and May. But I, I, I know that what they said this week is, is Jacques will finish the regular season and then they'll find their new head coach uh, in the spring. Yeah, Jay Woodcroft uh, Jay, too out there. Jay Woodcroft, yeah, Todd McClellan guy. reunion, Ian. Hey. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Hey, Ian, thanks for your time this morning. Uh, we'll be uh, checking things out here in the next, uh, well, I guess eight days. Well, a week. No, sorry, it's a week. Uh, next Friday, trade deadline. Yeah. It's coming up on us, sneaking up on us for sure. So uh, appreciate your time. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, talk soon. Thanks for this. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.